0: Welcome to Deep Blue Podcast. Today we'll be diving into conversation with Rob and Kieran, who are the co-CEOs of Wireless Wild. Welcome to Deep Blue. Hello, thank you for having us. So, what is Wild Wireless, if you explain
1: to listeners? So, it's uh, a company that we've developed to create a product called Wild Lens, which is supposed to be a uh, form of um, weather station for biodiversity. So, it can analyse the surrounding environment and uh, understand the environmental health based on um, images it collects and audio it records. So when you say um, wildlife health, what do you specifically mean by that? So w- we want to get an understanding of um, environmental health. Mm-hmm. So if there is, for example, the um, population of foxes is in decline or we've got a rise in um, invasive species or something like that, mm-hmm. it tips the ecosystem out of balance mm-hmm. and, and would make it, we would argue, unhealthy. So we, we want to have healthy ecosystems in the United Kingdom because they are um, desirable for all of the natural services they provide to us. Mm-hmm. So if we can understand whether the ecosystems are healthy, whether they um, they have a good array of biodiversity, then we'll be able to know um, if those services can continue to be provided from the natural world. And when you say you
0: use lenses to do that, is it a case of t- testing um, what the quality of, I don't know, maybe the grass they're eating or...? maybe even testing the quality of the air around them, I don't know if your device do that. Explain exactly how you measure the health of an area to make sure, okay, this is good for the animal, this is not so good for the animal.
1: Yeah, of course. And potentially improve it. Yeah, okay. Um, so what we use at the moment is we have a HD camera mm-hmm. and we have an ultrasonic microphone. And what the HD camera's job is to do is to, any time an animal walks past, it will capture an image of it, mm-hmm. and then it will send that image back to our server where we'll process it and be able to detect what animal it is and once we've done that um, we can use this information to estimate the size of different populations depending mm-hmm. on how many animals are, are imaged in the area and mm-hmm. what species they are. We do the same thing with audio and we use an ultrasonic microphone so we can record um, bird song and bat echolocation so we can understand all mm-hmm. the different uh, uh, animals in the area.
0: That's the case if you do this over time because you measure how much any, how many animals in a particular area, do you go off data of? oh this is, should be the standard amount given the area or do you do something over time to see whether the population is going up or down?
1: Yeah, so we, we monitor over a long period of time um, but that's always depe- that's dependent on how long the customer wants the, the, the device is for um, but we will be using things like historical analogs so if there's any historical data about the health of the ecosystem about the populations of different animals we can base our assessment on that as well
2: so we sort of do both is the answer yeah is we start off with uh, oh we think it will be this and then uh, we sort of count everything that's there and it's like okay is it better or worse than that and then over time we get to develop a, a much clearer picture a much more accurate picture of okay this is how this particular this particular place this particular ecosystem is performing and this is when it's at its best and then we um, compare it to that
0: you mentioned the sound so are you able to d- detect the health of an animal depending on the certain sounds it's making. So what what we're detecting is the health of the ecosystem in you know entirely so you don't thing. test specifically maybe the animals you're saying the sound oh this sh- that animal should be sounding like that maybe it's breathing in poor air or maybe it's hungry you don't
1: detect that. No not at the moment we're not at that kind of that kind of level but I suppose that is something that could potentially be done. We'll um, Give some great writers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um no, so we just we'll just look at the overall picture. So we'll listen, we'll record at different times of the day, and then we'll be able to pick out the different species of bird that are singing. For example, um, somebody that's not with us today, um, Samuel, he uh, has developed a, uh, an audio analysis algorithm for us, which um, takes the sound in and detects which species of bird are present in it. So you're able, to, you're able to such a,
0: you're able to differentiate between the birds through that machine, then. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So this all sounds like the products I've never, I've never even heard of before. So how did this, how, one, how did this get started in creation of this? Why are you interested in this subject of um, wildlife pre- preservation? And also what's the market, Who's, as it's a business, who
1: wants your product? Okay, well I'll cover the first bit and then I'll probably do the second bit. Um, so it all got started because I, I've had this idea for a while because I, I've always wondered why we have all these advanced systems to monitor the weather and to monitor you know changes in changes in the atmosphere and we listen for volcanic activity and we we just we're using uh, satellite images to monitor the planet so we're always collecting data and looking at different things but we don't have a good enough understanding of the condition of ecosystems mm-hmm. and they're a really important aspect to uh, humanity's continued existence mm-hmm. so i thought well why don't we have a system that's like a weather station but for the natural world and then this thing came along which was the Holt prize competition which we en- which we entered back in was it 2019 now yeah. yeah 2019 and we won for Portsmouth the on the uh, regional uh com- the on campus competition and um, that kind of gave us the motivation and the um that you know people do actually think this is a good idea it's mm. they think it's something we should continue with um, and we we're all really on board with it. So that kind of pushed us forward into more competitions and getting funding from the union. And how, you say you
0: went into this competition in 2019. Of course, we know what happened a year later. Mm-hmm. So as you're trying to start this business, how was it affected by the pandemic? In the, I don't know whether you started in 2019, built from there, or you were in the process of, an in 2020, of course, what happened? How was it affected by those, by those effects?
2: Well, I would say that we were actually sort of lucky as well as obviously joining the unlucky rest of the world um because we were sort of at a point that um we were just starting to sort of put in place like how we were organizing how we were working as a team so it's not like we had just finished building that system and then it got ruined it sort of just meant that we had to adjust before we had even got there and mm. all of us being sort of university students with sort of high tech savvy um, everyone was sort of living in different places anyway we didn't really have the option of meeting up at all like even in a like a small community when certain things like opened back up. And I, I was in Wales, he was in England, mm-hmm. everyone knows that traveling between the two is one of the most difficult things. Um, so what we did is we just ended up sort of, uh, splitting the project up into different sections and everyone would work on their own section. We'd get back together on calls and we'd discuss what we found and then we'd work together on certain bits like, Oh, okay. You go research that, I'll research this, let's see what we find and compare, um, But I think we ended up taking a much more like modular approach to the business where I think we lost that on some some elements because we took that approach but it also meant that certain things like the audio image product all got developed at the same time rather than us all trying to develop one of them and then moving on to the next and the next so there's pros and cons but I think compared to some other businesses I know like like for example anyone in hospitality (laughs) um, we did all right
0: you said you were tech savvy. Have um, you done courses in college, university, because being able to create a device that's able to detect the surround, surrounding environment is it's pretty high tech stuff. So how did you collect the knowledge to potentially create such a product or did you maybe outsource it to people who did have the knowledge, just your idea?
2: So uh, me and Kieran are both in um, university still. We're in our final year now. Everyone else has just finished their degree like previously and uh, now doing master's. Um, But like me and Kieran are one of, I think, less than 40 people in the world who are studying innovation engineering, so we have some of the most diverse skill sets for engineering and programming that are available through a degree, Mm -hmm. and I think that that really helped us to cover our bases and the things that we didn't know, we knew from our course how to learn, rather than just being taught, oh, this is a way of doing something specific. We are very much encouraged to try very challenging and sort of push the boundaries on all of our projects and i think that that sort of really helped us to push the boundaries on every element of this even the bits that we previously had no experience in like the things you don't think of like all the legal paperwork you need (laughs) to sign for a company um or something you would think of like actually managing to make the device it's it's a big challenge even over What has now been two years pretty much Mm -hmm.
0: so we've talked about how the product came to be in development what when you said 2019 you won the competition which decided to pursue this did it launch the website and the um devices in 2019 or when, when did it specifically
1: launch okay so the the product is still in in development at the moment so we're still in the prototyping phase because while we have, you know, a, a decent amount of skill sets between us, it's a very big task, much bigger than, you know, we, much bigger than we thought it was going to be <laughs> originally <laughs> as is always the case with these, these kind of things. Um, so yeah, we, um, <clears throat> we haven't launched the product yet, but it's our plan to start very soon doing pilot programs mm-hmm. with, our, with, you know, possible customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the stage we're, we're at. Um, when do you expect it to get released?
0: And what market do you say you're going to be entering it into? So who are the people who will want to buy your product? So
2: uh, I guess that's me. Um. So in terms of when it's going to be released, it is very dependent on when we can finish it, uh, or when we get those sort of piloting schemes up and running and how they go, and whether we need to make drastic changes and things like that. Fingers crossed, we don't mm. need to make any drastic changes. And fingers crossed, we can get at least someone in most of our market areas, such as conservation, um, agriculture, so like farms, both big and small, and even things like new building developments can really use our product to improve their uh, environmental um, monitoring before, during and after. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of new policies coming into place at the moment that require them to do that and to prove um, biodiversity increases of like 10%, but that's not really... Possible with the new with the current monitoring systems, so we sort of offer that mm-hmm. that ability to actually do what they're legally required to do. So um, we've already got people from conservation like State, We've got Portsmouth City Council said that they were interested in having a pilot scheme. Um, we've spoken to some individual farmers who are interested, and uh, we've sort of vaguely reached out to some um, construction bodies, but no one specifically for piloting schemes. More just to gauge the interest of that market and we've got some really good feedback.
0: I don't mean to um, start sounding like Devin Mead off Dragon's Den, but you have any idea of how much it's going to cost, forecasts of what you hope to make, um, obviously production costs and so on. Do you have any idea yet? I should have brought yeah. it up. <laughs> um,
2: So uh, so we do have those numbers. I'm not going to share some of them specifically with you because uh, pretty much every time that we go through them we end up changing quite a lot. So I don't want to say something and then um, it'd be different in a few weeks time when we've thought, okay, maybe actually we'll take a different approach towards this particular thing. Um, at the moment with our current business model, we'd be looking for a really high investment of like up to 500,000. Um, but we could, we can scale completely depending on what we are able to get. Like if we had 10,000, we'd be able to start our business and be able to run successful piloting schemes. Um, but if we had 500,000, we'd be able to scale straight into like a, a full scale business and um, really get a monopoly on some key markets that we believe if we get, then it's not just a product that's helpful, but a product that is extremely successful and is able to branch into global markets as well. So um, there's a big range.
0: <laughs> I mean, as this is a unique product, do you know what sort of customers you're going to have that justifies a potentially 500,000 pound investment?
2: Yeah, um literally uh if we just looked at the construction side, um we could um I believe once we get the piloting schemes done, a five hundred thousand pound investment is is mm. like a a drop in the water compared to what we can make in just that field. Mm. Um we just need to prove that we're able to do what we say we can do. And once we have done that, then it's it's actually quite likely. What people we spoke to, like VC investors and things, have actually said that we could potentially go for even two to three million if we wanted to. Um, But again, that's very dependent on what we're saying our our market is, how we're saying we're spending our money. Um, We sort of, we're quite passionate about the social impact of our products. So we wanna be able to sort of like subsidize uh, the cost of devices for like conservation, Mm -hmm. who they do have money, but they're less willing to spend it. (laughs) So um, we wanna make sure that we can get a big sort of breath.
0: Must be a good idea. If two university students are able to convince people to potentially invest three million million pounds,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're not planning to be... not yet, <laughs> not three million just yet, but um, five hundred thousand is like a realistic uh, number that we could get.
0: And if it's cost, and even if it was five hundred thousand, it doesn't sound like this, not the regular product. Say, yeah, yeah, the average person would own. These it people, so it's just conservation, so on as the people you have described. So, are you are you going to be able to sell large quantities to make up for that investment, or is the product particularly a very Expensive products that makes up for those smaller potential sales competitors? because you would you you wouldn't really put the same on a Tesco or an ASDA would you? No, no, no. no.
2: Um, so
0: no. we obviously have to be specific customers who focus in these areas probably be sold online.
2: Um, so we're offering more of like a contractual service. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to not only sell the device itself but offer. Uh, a lot of other services with it, like the data analysis that we do, that's a service we provide. We're going to offer like maintenance contracts and installation contracts, and we're sort of aiming to sort of take over an area and just solve that problem for them. Mm-hmm. You want to have your ecological surveys done? We'll just we'll do them for you. This is the price, and then that part of your business is done, and you get the highest tech that is available in the market currently. So, through B two B though that that amount of money can be regained reasonably quickly um it depend again depending on which model we decide to go for
0: are you hoping once you've finished university that this will be the main thing you're focusing on or are you hoping to make this a side hustle while potentially going into a different while focusing on another career is this going to be a full thing or on the side
2: so i think it has to be a full thing um but that is dependent on us again like get, keeping that interest making like if anything else comes out of the market though could completely shift what our product is best for and things like that could really change a lot of things but I think currently both me and Kieran feel that it's a full-time job that we want to invest not only the time we already spent but more time.
0: Speaking with investors, distributors and you said there was a third person are you going to have to take on staff do you think you're gonna need extra help in once this
1: thing starts? The ball ball starts rolling. Um, yeah, there's, there's yeah, there's <laughs> definitely more people we we want to take on board, particular particularly people with the expertise in which we're we're lacking at the moment. So people with probably a bit more um, electrical expertise than what we've got, and you know, um, possible business mentors and, and things because we we definitely do lack in <laughs> in <laughs> some areas. We can't cover it all.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a there's a big difference between having a good idea and a sort of a vague idea of where your business can go and then getting opinions based on mm. that and having someone directly help you to sort of funnel this wider business model with multiple options into, this is the business model, this is how we're gonna go forwards. Mm. And that's something that we're sort of focusing on sort of over the next year to get that person so then we know when we finish uni, okay, we have a solid plan, we know what we can do, this is possible, this is can be done.
0: Mm. Just run a job advert in there, won't charge you extra. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned um, with the, would um, you say there were targets the governments and so you had to meet certain levels for this technology that your competitors weren't currently meeting. So is that going to be your unique selling point that you're able to meet reach these targets and able to sell your product, or you worried about the competition you'll potentially face advancing and eventually being able to reduce those to the legal level? What's your biggest fear when it comes to who you'll compete with?
1: Okay. So when it comes to who we'll compete with, particularly in the field of like agriculture and um, development, as uh, t- key two markets we've talked about, there aren't really any competitors of the same form as what we're putting forward. So the, the alternatives that they would have is, say, on-site surveys and you know manual surveys, those kind of things, which can end up being really expensive. Mm. Um, and so these new policies that are coming into place for construction in, in the UK, um, well, one of them is the uh, BNG, um, the biodiversity net gain policy, and as Rob mentioned earlier, that means that whenever a developer builds a new site, mm. they have to prove that they 've increased the biodiversity on the site by specifically ten percent, mm. and they have to show that that 's been maintained for at least thirty years afterwards, so and they 're legally bound to do this. so if we have a, a system which can um, handle all of this for them for a fraction of the price of uh, expert surveys then we think that we'll get a good grapple on, on that market and we can establish ourselves quite early. Is this long-term technology? Because you mentioned for
0: 30 years, I wouldn't be surprised if a business even went over, even didn't meet the mark, but if it could operate for 30 years before being <laughs> needing to be tested, okay, I'll, I'll just do this, I'll make my making profit, I'm done.
1: Yeah. I'll well, be retired by the time this is done. Well, we're definitely in it for the long run. You know, we, we, data like this only makes sense over long periods of time. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to see, yeah, um, uh, the, the impact we're having on the natural world and although we're talking here about construction sites and we're talking about agriculture um, these are still really important elements of you know the natural world the the wildlife is all around even though there's less in the cities and there's less in mm. urban areas it's still important to keep it intact and we'll get a good picture um, I think it's again. also
2: important to note that it's not 10% over the years it's 10% and keep it at that 10% for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of, they have to have the impact as soon as they build it. And then over the 30 years, we we're just proving that they're keeping that or even doing better, which means that they can sort of have bragging rights and mm. um, yeah, other other important things that uh, the government offer as well, like extra grants and. Um, it means they're more favourable for other contracts and things as well.
0: Mm -hmm. When this launches, is it going to be
1: only in the UK or is this going to be available to a worldwide market? At the moment, uh, we're focusing specifically on the UK because of these policies that have been put forward Mm -hmm. that makes um, uh, the market much more uh, lucrative, Mm -hmm. I would say. Well, you were
0: telling how it was difficult working out the legal side of things, so working out France's law, Germany's law, America's law, Spanish law, Spanish law.
2: Funnily enough, actually, other countries are a lot less complicated when it comes to laws. Um, but uh, the, the UK is also in, invests about um, $3 billion over the next five years in uh, environmental monitoring. So this is like a very good place for us to get established.
0: Hmm. Um, so after this product, we mentioned that um, you might go more into the sound products that we mentioned earlier. There was a split term for it. What was it again? The- Device that was sound oh, module. Audio, oh, it's audio. all in one. Ah. Oh, it's, it's all, all of one. one device. Yeah. After this product launch, have you got any ideas for potentially future products that relate to this build? We,
1: with the, the long, long-term goal, um, is to eventually create a consumer device mm-hmm. uh, from all of the expertise we've we've learned um, in the in business, mm-hmm. um, and it would be like a small device that's placed in somebody's garden and gardens across the country that you know is monitoring in real time the animals coming into your garden the hedgehogs you know the the foxes and and whatnot and you can say like um, get little achievements for collecting um I say collecting but for these animals being encouraged into your garden so if you're doing things in your garden to improve it for the natural world um, you will get more of these animals coming into it and then thus you'll get more achievements and then you could work out some kind of reward scheme for that to encourage people to Improve um, their garden for uh, wildlife, which we think could have a really big impact. So, if my nan
0: wanted to buy this product for her garden, she could use it to tell, okay, my plants are getting enough bees pollinating it, and there's enough insects in my flowers, which is giving you nutrients. That's what the vice will
1: be able to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then take those of the cute little hedgehogs that come to visit too. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: the in, the insect bit is a bit more specialised. The, the, um, we are planning on monitoring insects, but it's a, a lot harder to do than monitoring mm-hmm. uh, uh, everything else. Everything <laughs> else, yeah, but we are working on that. I just got a picture in my head of, I don't know, would this device connect to a,
0: before I what I just thought of can this device connect to a phone at all?
2: Uh, it could, um, that's very simple to do. We
1: want to have an application to to look at, um, your data you know to look at the animals that are entering your garden to look at achievements and whatnot um, but it will be connected if, if you're at home it would be connected to wi-fi but for business purposes for the markets we're talking about at the moment we'll have remote 4g connections that send uh, data back to us and then you could access it on a website or yeah. on, on your mobile phone because I'm just
0: thinking with my um my brother we always take take him to feed the squirrels as an area in Portsmouth I'm just thinking if, it, if some we do rarely actually sometimes get squirrels in the garden. I can just imagine one is phone, get notifications, notification, squibble in the garden, and meeting in the garden, also be good for the park, because a lot of the time you go there, the, the, the squirrels aren't there, so it would be nice if you could just leave the device there, saying, they are here today, and it's actually worth going, let's yeah. just throw nuts on the floor, and no one's going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to move on to, in a minute to my final question, which will be just advice to listeners on how to potentially pursue something themselves, or, what, or take what the path you've taken, and how they might get on there as well. Is there anything about your business that you would like to say that has not currently been discussed? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No, I, I think
2: that's pretty much what we are. Yeah. Um, if you want to find out more, wirelesswild.co.uk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm about to move on to the next thing. Can you say a bit louder? Because I'm just not sure my microphone pick that up. Oh, um,
2: wirelesswild.co.uk if you want to find out more.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So, my final question is so, what advice would you give to listeners who or maybe also invite environmental conscious um, would like your idea how they could either potentially create a product themselves or get involved in environmental issues like this or potentially even by what they'd have to do to maybe use the product themselves where they, where to go in order to well, get one for their garden like said, in the future ideas
1: so well the advice from me well, any kind of business advice I suppose would be to make sure you get um a good team together so that's what we've all been relying on is is the the team we put together and the expertise that everybody's got and make sure they all work well together because if your team's not working then you won't get anywhere um and in <coughs> sorry in terms of uh getting hold of the device in future we really hope that uh, that's a possibility there, there's no where we can do this now because we've got very few prototypes but uh, we would love to see Everybody uh, in, enjoying their benefits in the future. is are prototypes, so
0: you—is it? Are they? So, what the prototypes look like? You, how, how big is the device? I should have Actually. brought it with me. <laughs> it's
2: about the size of a laptop screen.
0: It's about the size of a laptop yeah. screen.
2: Um, a small laptop.
0: Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, it might that the size of a laptop like that might be fine if you're selling to um, people like organisations, business, oh, business, yeah. as mentioned earlier. But if it was a market, say, using for your garden, it's going to have to be much more reduced, maybe even to the size of a. Two phones, for example. Yeah,
2: Coca-Cola can or something, that's sort of the aim.
1: Yeah, that's the idea of starting with the markets we've got now, working on the technology and trying to break it down into a more user-friendly form factor, stripping out the bits that the um, everyday customer might not want but the, the uh, businesses and development organisations do want. Who manufactures it? Are you in a garage just tinkering around yourself? Yeah, just just, <laughs> just us in the in garages and... Bedrooms with 3D printers and soldering irons and whatnot. <laughs> and with that, uh, Rob, Kieran, thanks for speaking to Deep Blue. Thank you very, Thank much. very much. It's been brilliant.